0: This week, the Out of Ink podcast is being sponsored by Pookie Presses. Pookie Presses make presses for lino, woodcut and wood engraving from sizes A4 to A2. They also make ball bearing barons and drying racks. Pookie Presses come in a range of bright colours. Check out the website to see which colour suits you. Pookie Presses have kindly given us a discount code so you can get 5%
1: off everything in their website. Just use the code Out of Ink or lowercase. Hello, and welcome to the Out of Ink podcast, with myself, B-Baron Oscar, and Molly Lemon. This is the podcast where two anxious creatives talk openly and honestly about life as an artist.
0: And Sam's calling me, hang on. (laughs) Yeah? You in the middle of a podcast? Yeah? That's okay, but do you need me? No, just say hi. 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 Bye, Bye, Winnie. Oh. Did Winnie come up as well and see what was going on? Yeah, he just wanted to say hi and I sent him away. Oh. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sad, sad. Sorry, <laughs> sam. hi sam Bye, sam <laughs> yeah yeah i'm busy <laughs> i feel sad for sam <laughs> it was a bit sad <laughs> i've been sad all day and i'm already laughing so that's a good start isn't it <laughs> thank you go. we're recording on a saturday today which feels very odd
1: really early as well we usually do a, a post-dinner record mm. so i'm quite
0: hungry <laughs> yeah me too and <laughs> um, we were really like ready and we'd done loads of prep on Thursday to record this episode and then my voice just went and I mm. couldn't speak so she we had sent to delay me some it.
1: voice note testers and she sounded like a frog but anyway we've made it we've made it here today
0: yeah I'm really looking forward to editing out all the coughing that is going <laughs> to happen in the next half hour How's your week been um It has been very congested. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've just been ill and it was already stressful trying to fit everything in and then I started moving even slower the iller I got, so that was fun. It wasn't
1: fair, was it? You really needed this week off work to just lie in bed.
0: Yeah, I think my body was saying, you're doing too much, you should take a break and I I couldn't listen to it, I just had to power on through. it is is fine i'm over it now
1: you're coming through the other side now
0: i am what about you
1: should i tell you the story that i had saved for the podcast yeah my my really my really sad story from last sunday oh no it's a sad story oh it's just a ridiculous story so last sunday i was absolutely tipping it down with rain and uh we were sat in the house in the afternoon and, and adam he just he can't really just sit in the house and do nothing because he either has to be working or he has to be doing something. So he was like, let's go to Bath. It's not raining that badly and it will definitely stop by the time we got there. So you got in the car, we went to Bath and it was absolutely <laughs> chucking it down. Mm-hmm. And we were like, right, right, let's just go in some shots. So it was Alan's birthday in the week and I wanted to go to anthropology because... I wanted to get him some special ramen
0: bowls to eat ramen out of, because we love ramen. Oh, God, that's like the most middle-class thing you've ever said. <laughs> you might have to explain what an- anthropology is, because I didn't know until, like, a month ago.
1: Anthropology is a really lovely department store. Mm. I'm a fan. Anyway, so Adam went off somewhere else, and I went into anthropology, and I found these lovely bowls, and I bought them. Lovely, lovely. And then we had been in a bar for a bit, and we were like, oh, we'll probably, we probably should go home now. After grabbing a piece of cake from a coffee shop, that went in the bag with the anthropology balls right mm. it's absolutely tipping it down and i'll walk back to the car and my balls are just in my <laughs> bag my anthropology bag which fyi mm. is a paper bag oh no i can see where this is going we walked basically all the way back to the car mm. and all of a sudden adam heard a ah! <laughs> and he turned round. and it'd been raining so much the bag was totally sodden through and the bowls were on the floor, oh. and they had they had smashed, and they had smashed, and they'd gone into a puddle, and the cake was also in the puddle, <laughs> and I was just stood there, and I didn't do anything. I just stood there, and looked at them, and obviously, uh, then I panicked because I didn't want Adam to see what it was because it was his birthday present. It wasn't his birthday present anymore. <laughs> there were just there was just tears, there was anger that Adam was like, "What is going on?" Anyway. Then, because anthropology is very expensive, Mm. so I couldn't just walk away from the situation. I then ran back to anthropology in the rain, clasping two broken (laughs) bowls wrapped in sodden tissue paper, got to the till. Were you crying still? No, not at this point. I said to the lady, I've literally just bought these and I broke them. And I'll be honest with you, they broke because you gave me a paper bag and it's raining and it's obviously not a very good bag.
0: Hey, hey, you should have bought your own tote bag, love. She said... Mm,
1: it's kind of company policy that once (laughs) once you bought something and it leaves the building we can't really (laughs) refund you then i started crying because i was like i have literally spent 30 pounds on two bowls (laughs) and and i had them for two seconds (laughs) and then because i was crying and it was too socially awkward she went oh yeah fine fine (laughs) just this once just
0: this once i replaced them that's just humiliating it was awful it was really awful to be honest, the bowls smashing sound bad, but the uh. crying in public sounds way worse. Could you now describe what a ramen or ramen bowl is? It's ramen, isn't it? Just a but deep... what's different? Because you don't want a soup bowl. That's too wide <laughs> and, and
1: shallow. <laughs> and you don't want a cereal bowl because that's too okay. small. So it's just a bowl that is in between sizes of
0: those two things. Okay. Specifically for a ramen
1: you can use it for other things you're really really dragging this one out now (laughs) i I wanted it for ramen because we didn't have the right size bottle for that at
0: home okay well i think we've all learned something
1: also in case anyone's wondering yes we did eat the cake that fell in the puddle because it's just been (laughs) too bad a day to write that one off so we took it home in it's sodden bag and we ate it and it definitely wasn't within the five-second rule. It's not a five-second rule if it
0: falls in liquid. <laughs> <laughs> it takes less than five seconds to soak that up. <laughs> a cake is basically a sponge. This week's anxiety scale is colours, which we'd had on the list for a while and hadn't done, mm. so anything that's not food-related is good cause it's generally <laughs> always food related um so b what's your color anxiety scale
1: okay so we decided that we're going to use pantone colors for reference in case you want to look up these colors but
0: i didn't realize there are lots of types of pantone colors so we've gone for different ones i don't that's understand. fine if
1: you ju- i feel like you can google them they'll come up Okay. so number 10 Best day ever, not anxious at all. Mm. I don't know if this is allowed, but I, there's two colours here. Mm. Is that allowed? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I'll, uh, well, do you want to guess what it is? Like a bluey, greeny, teal. Yeah, that's one of them. Is one it? of them, dark teal, 5473C. Lovely, lovely colour. But the mm-hmm. second colour is the dusty hey, pink. I think
0: you can only have one.
1: 6940. They're not even similar. <laughs> Number one on the scale. (laughs) You're so (laughs) upset by that. It's really hard this anxiety scale because I honestly don't really have strong feelings about colours on the bottom end of the scale. Do you not? I've
0: only got a few I like, and the rest are like in the bin. I know that pink's at the bottom of your scale.
1: You don't know anything. Okay, number one. Mm. I've got sludge brown Mm, four six four five C, which, fun fact, uh, is the colour my living room was painted when we moved in, and. We hated it so much, we started painting the walls on the first day. And we painted the walls to 276C. Oh my god. Which you'll, ha- you'll have to look up if you want to know
0: what colour that is. It's uh it's a navy blue.
1: No, spoiler! <laughs> no one's gonna be looking these up, let's be honest. Today I'm a four because it's been really, really sunny, and that is sure to bump the number up one point. I'm gonna guess it's a ivy green no i think i would rate higher than this it's bright red 485c uh you know like really vibrant raincoat yeah red
0: yeah I feel like it's a bit of a harsh color and uh, it's not for everyday use i don't know what i'd want in bright red i can't think of any walls or any items i'd want in that color
1: exactly i mean margie's got a bright red raincoat she looks quite cute in but other than that not mm. really a place for a bright red today,
0: no, oh, we agree for once, great, so for my least anxious day ever, number ten, I've gone for, oh, do you want to guess? Go on, we don't usually guess all of them. I just no. feel like I just feel like you've put yellow there, yeah, but what type of yellow mustard yellow, yeah, exactly I've friend. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pantone
0: 109 which isn't like I couldn't find the colour I wanted but basically the brightest mustardy yellow. I don't like a yellow with white mixed in horrible. I dislike that yellow. I only like a yellow ochre or a mustard yellow. I need it to be, like, a rich yellow.
1: Yeah, and if you've been to Molly's house, you'll know that because she's got several walls painted in it. Lots of home furnishings, <laughs> lots of cushions. Yeah,
0: but the thing is, you buy a pot of paint and it's not cheap. So you just fill your paint, everything in it, until <laughs> the paint's used up. So that's what happened. Yeah. That's why our bedroom and our living room is yellow. Um yeah, that's fine. It's lovely. I used to wear a lot of yellow and I used to have... Sorry, sorry, you used to? You still wear <laughs> lots of paint. yellow. Yeah, okay, well, I used to wear a lot more yellow than I do now. I had yellow Mm. rain boots, um, Mm. and one time I was stood on the train station platform and a guy called me a banana because I was wearing (laughs) my yellow boots and my (laughs) yellow coat. So for my most anxious day ever, you could show me all the browns, the sludgy browns in the world, all the greys. This colour's worse than them all, and it's a bit controversial, but it's lilac. Yeah I could have guessed that as well. I know how much (laughs) you hate. I hate lilac so much. I know how much you hate lilac. There's nothing worse than lilac. It's just I'm not a fan. And then today I am like a moss slash grassy green which is 377. Um a three. I'm saying a four because I don't feel very good today. I feel a bit sad but I've learned last week that you can fall a lot further than this. I'm trying (laughs) to bring my numbers up because I realised I think the highest we've ever been is like a five or a six and we need to Mm. at some point be up up at the top.
1: So I'm at a
0: four even though I'm totally miserable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So this week we're talking about pricing your work which I think is quite an interesting topic. We certainly got A lot more questions Mm -hmm. than we were expecting. So we'll talk through as many as we can, but as always, if we don't get to yours, hopefully it will overlap with someone else's. Okay. Question number one Should you raise your prices when in a gallery or keep them the same? I'm not in any galleries. I'm in shops. You're in galleries. I think it's the the same same thing. thing yeah yeah, I would just say you have to take into consideration the cost of commission. So obviously, if you're gonna make less if you keep your prices the same, I would put them up to cover the commission.
0: I think. Some galleries say you need to price your work the same on your own website as you do in galleries. So some are mm. a bit fussy like that. Which I do see why they do it. But at the same time, if you're only losing 5% on your online shop to commission and 57% in a gallery, yeah, how does that make sense? I'm not really in galleries anymore, but I, I think I kept them pretty much the same price uh, and just really got a bit sad when they took the commission off
1: it's really tricky because some of the shops i'm stocked in take 50 percent. so mm. then you think actually they're making more than the artist because you've got to factor in the cost of actually producing the item
0: but then they've got to pay someone to sit at the till they got to pay rent their costs are high too like i can see why they charge it but it does feel really difficult losing that much of the sale price
1: i've always upped my prices to cover those costs but that's Because a lot of my items, like homewares and stuff, they cost me a lot to make. Mm -hmm. So if I then take that hit myself, I really don't make anything from them selling it. So I think you just got to work out what's best for you, how much your items cost, do a bit of maths, and then go from there.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you keep track of specific hours that you work or just guesstimate?
0: when you draw and procreate does it time you
1: yeah it's really helpful actually there's a setting and you can see exactly how long a drawing's taken Mm. I would say that if it's a client project like not just a piece of work I'm making for my shop then yes I absolutely take note of the time because then you know how long it's going to take and then if it goes over that you can raise them another invoice so you're not missing out on any money but for like my own
0: work I don't really do that. Mm. You have like a standard price for if it's A4 or if it's A3. Yeah, exactly. Just for consistency.
1: Yeah, it's totally different really. It depends what you're pricing because as I say, if you're pricing something that's a big project for a client, then you really don't want to be out of pocket at the end of it.
0: I find it really hard to keep track of specific hours because often I'm making a print edition over a couple of months and it's like an hour here, a couple of days here. And then it's like all the thinking time as well that you're doing. Like You might not necessarily be working on it, but you're considering it and planning it. Mm. I roughly know how long it takes, but say something takes me five weeks. I need to make five weeks pay so how mm. much I think I should be paid for five weeks plus costs would be roughly how much I'd charge.
1: And then you've got to work out how many are in the edition and divide it by that, I guess.
0: Well that's what I was thinking when I was I'm gonna think about this podcast is you've got like one off things like paintings and sculptures, say.
1: Yeah, if you've done a big acrylic painting and it's taken you a whole month, you need to sell that painting for what you'd want as a month's salary, essentially.
0: Yeah. And then you've got limited edition things. And then you've got unlimited editions, like what mainly you do. And so you can make, you don't know how much a piece will make. You mm. might sell hundreds, you might sell 10, you don't know. So it's really, is like such a complex thing to work out.
1: So what we're talking about now, we're actually sort of answering another question which we've had, which is, should prices vary according to the type of work? Uh, because as Molly's saying, when I release a print, and it's it's not a limited edition, basically means that I can print it essentially forever, mm-hmm. then I'm pricing it much lower than Molly's going to price a limited print because I could essentially make thousands and thousands of pounds over like 50 years, mm. whereas you're wanting to make that just from that edition. So yes, I think prices of, of different types of artwork are priced accordingly.
0: Yeah, If I if it's taken a month and I'll work out what I want to be paid in a month, and divide that by how many prints are in the edition, but also you've got to factor in costs and everything Mm. else, which I think we'll talk a bit about later. Okay.
1: When you see others offering things very cheap, what do you do, especially if they're making sales and you're not? I was doing some sort of market research on Etsy recently, and there were people selling digital prints on there for as low as, I think, £4, which is Mm. just a stupid price for a piece of art Mm -hmm. um and it it just made me have a little bit of a panic because I thought why would someone choose mine over that a lot of people want a bargain they're going to want to buy the four pound print but I just think that is ridiculously low for any
0: kind of art yeah I think places like Etsy and online marketplaces are full of people that do it full-time and need to pay the bills people that do it for fun in the evening and it's a bit of extra income and £4 pounds extra feels quite nice on top of a normal mm. income. So it's hard and I can see it from both points of view but it does make it difficult for full-time makers to compete when they've got so many extra yeah. costs that they need to cover.
1: Never undervalue yourself though, I would say. I think it's really important mm. that like, if you want a certain price for an item then you know set that item at
0: that price and don't be bullied into a lower price just because other people are justifying it hopefully your work feels like unique enough that people would choose it because it's your work and they're not wholly looking at oh that's cheaper so I'll go for that.
1: What if I'm new to an art form but still making decent work do I need to charge less? I don't know the answer to this I'm going to hand over to Molly.
0: I think it's a lot about confidence because when I first started wood engraving I was selling my wood engravings for between like ten and twelve pounds each. Wow,
1: that's such a difference to yeah. to now.
0: And they were properly hand printed, they didn't have a press and, yeah, it was a bit crazy, but I was so new and not confident in it. I thought, oh, I'm just starting out. They don't really have much of a value. Um, mm. And then I put them up to 18, and then I think they jumped up to, like, this is, like, a smallish size one. And then I think mm. they went to from 18 to, like, 38 overnight.
1: But then it says you're learning more and you know how, you know a bit more and your technique's improving and does yeah.
0: make sense. But I was selling the same prints for 18 as I was then for 38, like a week later. But I would <laughs> have the confidence in that work, whereas before I didn't. And also, yeah. people do get annoyed with you if you're massively undercutting everyone else, for whatever reason, and they're trying to make a living. I definitely put my prices up when I needed my artwork to pay the bills.
1: For illustrators, if you've been asked to illustrate a book, so say you've just graduated and it's your first ever book they're Mm. not going to offer you a lot of money even if you're really good at what you do whereas if you've illustrated 50 books
0: and you've made a name for yourself they're going to pay you a lot more with this particular question if you feel you're making decent work which I'm sure you are and you believe in it there's nothing to stop you charging what artists charge who have been doing it for an extra five years um, mm. so if it's selling, then that's great. If it's not selling, maybe look at your pricing. But there's no rule about what you, you how you should price your work.
1: I think he also just answered, do you reprice your next piece when you realise you priced it wrong to begin with? Because that's when you were yeah. saying you sold the same thing for 38 rather than 18.
0: Yeah, but also when I was increasing my prices, just because they were too low... And then I released the print and it didn't really sell. I knew I'd pushed it too far. And the next time I released a similar print, I'd bought it down in price. Mm.
1: Yeah, so a little bit of trial and error then. And also, I guess it, it depends entirely on your audience as well.
0: Mm. I find it more scary putting a price high and then if it doesn't sell I don't want to bring it down in price because anyone that's bought it at the full price early on feels like it's not fair on them I'd rather price it low and it all sell out and go oh I could have made more next time I'll put it higher
1: that's how I feel when I have a sale and then somebody's placed an order the day before and I think yeah. they paid more but then you can't think like that because that happens you know with high street shops as well I'm sure you've had you know you've, you've paid 30 pounds for a jumper and then the next day. They they've
0: gone, oh, 30% off everything. <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, great. <laughs> I rarely do sales, but when I have done them, I've kind of made sure all the prints in the sale weren't on my shop for six months before because I feel that <laughs> guilty. What should you do if you don't sell anything?
1: I think that might not always be to do with price could be to do with uh like the time of year the fact that people's gas and electricity bills are going crazy at the
0: moment and people just yeah. don't
1: have the like disposable income or that you just haven't found the right audience for your work
0: yeah i agree like when i wasn't selling things my work was at its cheapest it wasn't cuz it was too expensive it was cuz no one was seeing it mm-hmm. so i think it'd work on marketing work on your social media maybe find some shops or galleries If you're looking online and other people's pricing is on a par with yours, you're going to need to look at your marketing rather than your pricing, I think. And also, if you price too cheap, people will think, oh, it must be no good. I often found when I upped my prices, I made more sales because it helped the customer. It kind of validated the fact it was worth something. (laughs) Yeah. It's so stupid, but you'll, (laughs) you'll probably find if you up your prices, you'll sell more. When I look on places like eBay for, say, like, a phone charger, I won't Mm. buy the cheapest. I'll buy, like, the middly one. Like, the one that, (laughs) oh, the cheap one probably will break. I'll go for a medium price. So I feel like it could be a bit like that with artwork.
1: Mm. Do you include the cost of postage or do you charge this separately? Um... I charge separately which is controversial because I think Etsy prefers sellers to offer Mm -hmm. free postage on everything and they bump you up but I think it's nice to be transparent and to know what you're paying for the art and what you're paying for the postage and I offer free postage over a certain amount which Molly does too but I've never been scared to charge postage.
0: Yeah, online marketplaces often kind of force you into putting free postage. I think mm. it's
1: places like Amazon that free Amazon Prime delivery next day. Yeah,
0: yeah, and they put so much pressure on little businesses to try and imitate that, and it's really hard.
1: Postage is so expensive, and it takes a big cut of your profits. So you like, you shouldn't be pressured into offering free postage just because you know other people are what resources like websites etc are there to consult for pricing i basically googled this and i couldn't find any like good sites i just found blog posts and i basically realized that i don't think Mm. anyone really knows the answer and everyone makes it up to an extent um and there's like you can google it and you can find some tips and advice but I don't. I wouldn't say there's like a definitive website that's the one to go to.
0: Yeah. Well, I was thinking because we came up with this topic, and then I started to panic that I didn't really have any answers mm. um, <laughs> because we're actually relatively new to running businesses. Let's be honest. So yeah. If we ever sound clueless, we probably are. Um, (coughs) Sorry, but I've made a list of, like, everything to take into account when pricing works. I'll read it out and you'll see how long it is and then realise why it's impossible to make, like, a calculator for it. Sorry, I've got to read my really bad handwriting, but things to factor in, time-wise but also cost-wise. Photography, time spent listing your products, travel, your pension, electricity, tool costs and maintenance, packaging cost and time, hourly rate, tax, student loan, rent, (laughs) previous year's experience, cost of materials, postage, (laughs) commission, marketing time, and the cost of sending a newsletter, which I spend $70 a month on.
1: Hang on a minute. Do you
0: have a pension? No, but that's the thing. I I haven't thought... (laughs) Oh, Oh, because, like, normal people with normal jobs, they put money into pensions every month. Well, a lot of people do, I think. I don't have a pension. Mm. But should we be putting money aside... When I sell a print, I don't think, okay, I'll take two pounds out of that and put in my portion, but maybe I should. And then I started looking at all these things and it hurt my head a bit and I thought there's no way you could make well you could make a calculator for that, but it's complex. I mean, you should be working out your hourly rate and you should be roughly working out all these costs when you're pricing work. Hmm. But it's really hard to work out exactly what you should be charging. Hello, a very tired Molly editing the podcast right now and I was just doing some fact checking and the figures I'm about to tell you are from 2015, so yeah, just so you know, a little bit out of date. And I was looking up, in case anyone was interested, the hourly rate of an artist and there is a recommended hourly rate of an artist by the Artists Union England. Mm. And they say, "If you're a new graduate artist, and it, that suggests you've been to uni, but lots of artists don't go to uni, so there's no category for you. They don't <laughs> oh, seem no. to think about you. Um, but 20 pound and 25p an hour, which I charge now uh sorry i've been doing it wrong i didn't know you had an hourly rate do you actually work out yeah i i always think oh 20 pound an hour and then do some maths but um if you you've been an artist for three plus years uh 26 pounds and 25p and if you have five years experience, £31 and 25p. So I should be charging £31 and 25p. So I, I'm definitely undercharging.
1: That's interesting. I, I did some research too, but my research said that instead of having an hourly rate, you should have a day rate because an hourly rate quite difficult for art Mm. whereas a day rate a day rate might work better for you actually because your work takes so long Mm. it'd be easier to work out based on how many days you've been like printing etc. Pricing for wholesale buyers and how do you find buyers and do you have a catalogue? I do have a catalogue a wholesale catalogue hasn't been updated in ages because I stepped away from wholesale a bit and I go back to it because I'm in the process of setting up an account on a website called FAIR Um, Mm -hmm. and there's like a website where you can list all your work and your wholesale prices and then like they connect you with uh, shops and small retailers who are looking... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, who are, like, looking to buy a house a lot. Well, it's very early days. When I say I've started setting up, I've entered my email and they've sent me an email <laughs> saying <laughs> it would like to right serve done. your shop. Um, yeah, but it looks like it's going to take a long time. But I've seen a lot of people on Instagram, like other uh, small businesses, etc., using this and um, getting good results from it. So I'm going to definitely look into it because it can be quite daunting as a very small business contacting Shops yourself. Fed does a lot of that work for you. So yeah, I'm not an expert in it. But if you are wanting to start selling your work wholesale, it's something to look into.
0: And how would you do the pricing? I think in the past, I've halved my prices for wholesale or... I think it depends on the wholesale buyer. So for
1: example, if you're uh, selling to a little indie shop, they're going to be willing to pay a little bit more. Whereas if you're selling wholesale to like a huge department store, they're going to expect it for basically nothing. Um, yeah yeah. I remember when I was really new and I hadn't been doing it very long and I went to a big garden centre that I loved and I said do you want to stop my cards and they were really interested and then they were like can you send us a price list and I had never sold anything wholesale before mm. and I was paying a lot to get my cards printed because I was getting them printed in really small batches and as I say I was really new at all of this so I went back to them with a price and they just basically laughed at me they were like oh no 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 <laughs> we can mm. need you to like half that price and I, and I just had to say no because I couldn't afford it so mm. yeah do you give customers discount codes to encourage repeat shopping? We both do this on our newsletters, don't we? Uh,
0: Yeah. I, I offer a discount code when I release a new print on my newsletter, and it's thanking them for purchasing it straight away. And also, I often, when something comes out, I'm like, oh, I might get that, I might not. And it encourages people to make that sale rather than walk away, mm. which is, yeah. you know, what... You want as a business, you want people to buy with you.
1: Which leads into, I have codes, automatic codes set up on Etsy. So like if someone favourites something but doesn't buy it, I think mm. they get a code to be like, oh, we see you favorited that, here's 10% off. Because then I know that they like it. And that, mm. that 10% might be the difference between them just
0: liking it and buying it. If you're a savvy shopper, you might go around liking people, <laughs> like favoriting. if you if you want to know a tip, if you favorite things on Etsy that you like, wait a week. If you get a code, you can yeah. buy. Yeah, they Etsy also
1: sends out automatic codes to repeat customers, which I think is nice because as a small business, I think it is quite important to uh, value your repeat customers. We love you if you're a repeat
0: customer as a small business. Um do you have any like advice or anything you'd want to add to any of that um i would say don't be afraid to
1: negotiate a price with someone and ask for what you think you're
0: worth and also what are you laughing about (laughs) just because my advice was don't negotiate but you continue
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's different because um, I'm talking about, like, probably client work as an illustrator, whereas you're talking... Okay. And I would also say uh, if someone offers you a lower price for something and you really want the project, then Mm -hmm. you should always ask for something else in return. Uh, For example, I really wanted to do a book cover and they offered me not a lot of money, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to do it. So I said, fine, I'll do it, but you must put my name on the cover, because I thought that would be really good publicity. And I also said, and I want way more, I want you to send me way more copies of the book so I could sell them myself. So I got more out of it for me, even though they were paying, they wanted to pay me less. So yeah, you just got to work out what's good for you.
0: Um, And I would say, don't negotiate. And I'm talking in terms of on your online shop or at a gallery or at a market, because it does my head in. Oh, it's just a personal thing of mine. Only because i want to clarify that when i say
1: negotiate i'm talking about negotiating a higher fee i'm talking about someone coming to me and saying will you illustrate this map for me i'll give you 40 pounds yeah and old me saying yeah sure i really want 40 pounds but new me saying i'm worth way more than 40 pounds you can have this map but it's going to be 400 pounds so i think we're maybe on the same page there i would never negotiate not never but i don't think you should negotiate much lower than you think you're worth
0: yeah So, because I do quite a lot of markets and I look after galleries and so often people ask for, like, discounts (laughs) and it does my head in. And I do give discounts at shows. Say someone comes and they buy a lot of work and spend a couple hundred pounds, I will go, look, I've given it to you for a bit less or I've rounded it down as, like, a thank you, but that was my choice. Mm. But the amount of people that go, will you do this for £10 cheaper, and it does my head in because you'd never ask a big business to do that and um it was like I think it was only two months ago I was looking after a gallery and a guy comes in and he picks up two pieces of artwork I can't remember what he was buying but it wasn't my artwork but I was looking after the shop and he Mm. said look if I buy two will you do it for I don't know 20 pound cheaper and I was like I, I don't think we can do that and he was like but can you call the artist? And I was like, okay. So I got my phone out and I pretended to type in the artist's number and held it to my ear and then pretended they weren't answering. Put my phone back down and went, oh, they're not answering and I just really don't have the authority to, like, give you a discount. And then he went, okay... And then he bought the two items anyway and paid with his Apple Watch, and I just thought, okay, that's exactly why I didn't even entertain that question. Imagine
1: walking into Anthropology and going and going to the till with four bowls and going,
0: "I want two for the I want two for the price of four, please." You kind of did do that, to be fair, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> You definitely, that was the worst example ever because you definitely got four pulps the five uh, No, I didn't. Two of them weren't mosaics <laughs> was by the time I'd finished with them. <laughs> Whose fault was that? Do you have an update? I know everyone is on the edge of their seats. Whether you found your dream house.
1: I have found my dream house. I've already moved in. I've mentally painted all the walls. I've tucked Margot into bed and I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) And I found this house two and a half weeks ago. And my viewing for it is still like four days away. And I think I've messaged Molly about it every single day. I love it. I I Mm -hmm. love it on paper. I really hope I love it in person. Um, And also... I have to stop calling it the dream house because I feel like I'm really
0: jinxing it. Yeah, you put too much pressure on it, And every, basically every house she sees in the meantime, you're like, no, 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 it's not the dream house. Yeah, we did go and see a house yesterday
1: and Adam really liked it. And in my head, I'm just thinking, but it doesn't have this and the dream house does. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is a bit ridiculous. But also, let's podcast record. Yeah. I will have seen said dream house and I can confirm or deny whether or not it is in fact the dream So stay tuned, as always.
0: Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Out of Ink. Hopefully that helped you uh, learn how to price your work, but possibly not because, as we pointed out, it's really complex.
1: If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on the next episode.
0: Oh, my God! (laughs) What? (laughs) Clarifying. <laughs> oh my god! They were so scary. <laughs> Wait, can you just clarify what actually found? A bag of fake pumpkins. A bag of fake pumpkins. Like uh, photo, photo, photo <laughs> props, <laughs> props. Of course. This is why you need a bigger studio. Who doesn't need a little, a little fake. A good. Little god. A god. A dude it's a god put your autumnal foliage away love <laughs> that was horrible <laughs> molly what are we going to be talking about next week so next week we're going to be talking about consistency in your style as an artist. If it's important to keep the same style or if it's okay to chop and change.
1: So if you have any questions for us to answer, please send them in to podcast at gmail.com or alternatively send me and Molly a DM on Instagram.
0: I have no idea how I'm going to edit this podcast. I have zero time. So if you are listening to this and it's Tuesday... And a miracle has happened because I have found a spare <laughs> six hours in my very, very busy schedule. What
1: are you doing yeah. tomorrow? Are you, are you doing more? Packing um, orders. Yeah. So you're going to have to get up at 4am. Uh,
0: yeah. But then I keep thinking, like, normally I'd be fine doing an all-nighter, editing the podcast, and then packing orders all day. But because I'm not very well, I feel like my cold could come back. You know, when you're not quite out of a cold, <laughs> yeah, it could get worse yeah. again. So I'm at I like know. a danger point there. So I need to, I need to be careful.